With all this controlled chaos in the house, it's just you. Yeah. Good God, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I, got, I got some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then some more stuff. Yeah. Most of the stuff I owned before I went to uni. Oh, okay. Just, just because my room was like a collection of hoard. And then I moved it with me when I went to uni and I lived in a box room for a really short time. And then, yeah, once we kind of got the house, it just allowed me to spread everything out and gradually overtake rooms. Well, this is why like, I've been having a clear out. And then I had a weird, I had a panic dream last night, which I don't have very often, that my landlord was just selling my house. And I was like, I don't want to move. Yes, it's like, a lot of effort to move. And I was like, ah. Yeah, I have no idea why I dreamt of that. I've had that twice in yeah. like a year now. The landlord I'm living under selling the house out from under me. I mean, I've been here five years. I hate you so much. I know. This is, well, this is the thing. I expected to have moved by now. Mm. Like someone would have come along and gone, you know what? Yeah, I'm not too fussed about running this anymore. But it's never happened. I, the big thing with... Um, this whole part of Lincoln, though, is it's all student housing. Yeah. And that's what people want to change stuff into. This house could maybe house two students. Yeah. There's no money in it. Because this, this is the exact design of um, how Charlotte and I used to live in, basically. Yeah. Except we had, like, a hallway going through that, and that was another room. Um, the way around it, which you'll notice on the, like, the street, is what people do is they close the front door. Yeah. And you have and to come in the back. And they go around, oh, deliver mail at the back. And there is a passage, like around there so you could technically do it but yeah the max you'll get out of this is three and um, I think my landlord just likes the house because she used to live in it so it was like oh, okay. it's like a little personal project of hers and she's like, yeah, fair enough. thank you landlord <laughs> if you Carry ever on. listen to a podcast <laughs> she might do she might do I mean, yeah, might, might yeah, there is sugar in the bowl if you want sugar right, thank you. I, do, I do make co- strong coffees <laughs> I mostly drink coffee because I was told that it's good for you Coffee's I don't enjoy the taste and I don't like hot drinks. Yeah. It's really surreal when I explain my coffee drinking habits to people. Because like, do you have milk? No. Sugar? No. Drink it hot? No. Do you enjoy it? No. No. <laughs> Why do you drink it? Because I, I read somewhere that it's really good for you. So I thought, you know what? Coffee's not expensive. No. I'll try it. So I'd get a mug, let it cool, and just drink the whole thing in one go. And I used to do that before I went to the gym. And then I stopped because I couldn't be bothered to plan 20 minutes ahead. I mean that sound like I know my coffee lifestyle is not particularly healthy. That's I, I did a I did a, a month coffee free Ooh. last month. Is that right? Like the shortest, went, the shortest month, of the, the yeah, shortest month of the year you managed. Did you? I decided to do cold turkey for a month, mm-hmm. um, and the first two weeks were awful. I, I the first within a day I had full withdrawal. I I vomited. I had a migraine <laughs> for four days, um, and then I had ricochet headaches for nine days following that. Because I complete, I didn't take paracetamol because it contained caffeine. I didn't eat chocolate. I didn't like. How much coffee and caffeine do you go through? At the beforehand, before this, I was on six to eight cups a day. Okay, yeah, no, that, yeah. And I decided to get cold turkey because you know, fuck it, I hate it myself. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, even Lent? February's not Lent, no. is it? No, no. I was just like, I was just going <laughs> to just it had a moment of craziness that uh, lasted for twenty eight days. Did you? Yeah, it usually happens. Um. That's how yeah. I write scripts, I think. <laughs> like, I, like I, I intake a lot of coffee, but yeah, that seems like the way you do it just seems like I don't know. It's like a punishment. For you, so I'm just like it's, it's, med- like, it's, it's medicine, basically. Yeah, it's like doing like an ice bucket dunk just to psych yourself up. It's like I'm just going to take this. It's like no, <laughs> whereas I just I'm constantly imbibing it. 
Anyway, we've, we've managed to skip over the start of the podcast. Oh, this is straight there, in. We're already going. an introduction. Well, the, the introduction is essentially, you know, welcome to your Lone Concrete Podcast, Chris. Nice. nice. Thanks for having me here. I know. Um, for anyone listening, I, I see this is, again, I'm running into the issue, which I run with a lot of guests. I classify you as an actor. That's because fair. that's what I know you as, for the most part, mm-hmm. um, outside your, your regular job. Is that accurate you? Uh, I probably do more writing than acting nowadays, just because yeah. finding acting work isn't common. I suppose. No, yeah. But no, I've acted, I've written, I've danced, um, I can play instruments, technically. <laughs> Could we classify you just as like a performer? Uh, art, performance artist, yeah. Performance it's artist. The, yeah. That's a nice safe umbrella term, yeah. Yeah, just like a general auteur of everything. Performing. I, I know enough about everything to be very opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, that's a goal. For, <laughs> that's a goal, I feel. <laughs> the goal for everything. It's just like, I know just enough, why? Just, just, just so I can so have I can an opinion comment. on things. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's the only reason I have any interest in science and politics, because yeah. then I can take part in the discussion. <laughs> don't want to solve anything. Just, oh, God. It's just full God, on no. arguing. That's, yeah, that's the bound. Um, if, all, if, all if all my friends were Labour, I would be a Conservative for the sake, sake of, of the argument. argument. Mm. If it wasn't. Just looking to pick fights. Yeah, well, you know. Well, <laughs> Sunderland's a rough city. <laughs> you can't take me out of it entirely. No. I mean, yeah. The accent's softened, though. For anyone who's listening and doesn't think I sound yeah, like I mean, a Michael, I, mean, I wouldn't, I don't I sound wouldn't like say you have a particularly strong Sunderland accent in any way, shape, or form. No, give me another five drinks or six drinks, so I'll, yeah. I'll start to sound a bit more. But yeah. no, I'm not, not dirty. <laughs> we could drag it out of you, kicking and screaming. <laughs> um, obviously, the other part of, of the introduction is a question for you, which I ask every person is, how long have we known each other, Chris? Three years. Three years? I'm going to say three years, because that's when I graduated university, and I didn't really know you yeah. when I was at Lincoln. And we were kind of like, we were, I think you're one of those friends where it's like, I know you, mm. but we don't spend a lot of time together. No. But we have very overlapping friend groups, so it's like we can't keep running into each other. Mm. And I, I just always find it interesting as a question, because seeing how people interact differently. Obviously, like I did one with my brother, we've known each other forever, mm. and then I did one uh, with Nathan Dean, who I'd never met prior to that podcast. Oh. So... That's just kind of dive in and just go. This, hap- this happened to be you met on a periphery of a friendship group. Yeah, so. it was. It was. It was. Names kept coming up, and I was like, you know what? We'll, come to, we'll come meet to, first come time. Come to my house, come and we'll discuss house. things. With we will coffee. discuss things, and we will see how we interact as people. I've always uh, no. For you, my friendship, I always classified it as we don't see each other often, but when we do, we tend to just sit and talk for long periods of time. Yeah. Usually drinking or smoking. Yeah. You with your pipe that you have, to, have you stopped smoking that blasted thing yet? No, it still hovers around. Yeah, the occasional cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> can't be bothered. Whatever's available uh, whilst drinking, because I'm one of those terrible people who smokes when they're drunk. Mm. That's you know. You don't happy. smoke when you're not drunk. Well, I smoke my pipe when I'm not drunk. That's that's. Uh, I don't know what it's about your pipe that bothers me. I think it's because <laughs> no one else I know smokes one. And it, I work with old people. It is so one I of feel those, like, like some of them should smoke. It's one of those things where like I feel. Because it's, it's essentially a hipsterism, isn't it? It's one of those things which is like a cliche of, of a hipster having. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they smoke a pipe and, you know... They, because they're far too good to smoke otherwise. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's like the, the whole goth thing of like, the, oh, they only smoke licorice cigarettes and, and menthols and, and herbal things. It's, it's one of those little tropes and I'm like, I feel like I should know more people who smoke a pipe because Lincoln's full of hipsters. It, it, yeah, it is, but it seems to be full of hipsters who don't like to smoke. I know, and that's or they, insane. Yeah, or they only smoke cigarettes, like little thin rolled cigarettes when they're drunk. yeah. And then, yeah, and then there's me who's just like... Yeah, fine, this is my thing. Like, I'm dying, it's great, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, I, when I used to smoke, I used to smoke cigarillos, but that was literally just because I didn't like the taste of cigarettes. 
Oh, I got used to the smell of cigarettes from yeah. living in pubs when I was younger. And when I was feeling a bit homesick, it was just something I turned to, I guess. Yeah. Along with the excessive vodka drinking. <laughs> Which stopped, thankfully. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's not something you want to drag on into adult life, is it? Excessive yeah. vodka drinking? No, no, no I don't. <laughs> on a day-to-day. One shot of vodka when I got out of bed got me to my lectures oh, for about a month. And then I recognised that wasn't very healthy. That's not, yeah, that's not a lifestyle you want to be living, no. really. It's only a little shot. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I, think, I told myself. I think, like, alcohol is one of those weird things of, like, a lot of people, it's like the whole dry, do a dry month. Mm. A lot of people struggle with that. Mm. And for me, like, I mean, obviously giving up coffee was a huge thing for me, but I can give up booze really easily. It would not bother me not to have a drink probably ever again. I think it's one of the strange things. Like, uh, I think a lot of people kind of like they, they they go to it as like a simple. This is what everyone a kind of an escape that everyone is socially acceptable. It's acceptable. Mm. I can just go do it. It's it's cheap to some end point, you know. And <laughs> it, it can be cheap. Yeah, yeah and, and whereas like for me, it's like nah, it's just something. Yeah, I think I probably have, I think I probably have a night where I drink once a month. Yeah. nowadays maybe even less because I mostly only do it with friends. Yeah. Um, Sometimes if I'm having a really bad time or like my mental health isn't as good as it was, I might turn to like I'll have a few drinks and just go to sleep early. Yeah, but that's that's what that's what drinking is for me now. It's either something I do socially or something I do because I need to sleep. Yeah, and I can't. That's fair. I've never had I've never had to get out of bed and drink. I've always known before. I'm like, okay, two shots and a bit of soft drink, and you'll go to sleep in an hour. Like, yeah. I know that that's kind of how my body works. I think that's I, I don't think that's unhealthy. I think having a good awareness of what your body is and isn't good with yeah, is something we all should try and strive for. I think that that's more, it's, it's less kind of treating as an addiction or anything like that. It's more just being aware of how you react to certain things. It's kind of like people who make a, like a, a glass of milk before they go to bed. It's mm-hmm. like, this helps me sleep. If, I, if I'm going to struggle to sleep and I know I'm going to struggle to sleep, I'll make myself something to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's like a, like a weird NyQuil, <laughs> but it's just booze. Hard NyQuil. <laughs> adult, <laughs> adult NyQuil. <laughs> It's the, it's the Hemingway of NyQuil. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm going to move uh, in and I'm just going to drink this and that will be fine. I think the, uh, the only problem I've ever had with alcohol is when people glorify alcoholism. Yeah. Like you get you, you, you get people, and they're not very common, especially not nowadays with how health-aware people have become. You get some people who kind of glorify like the tragic artist who drinks to them in the, on their own or who sits and smokes in like a, in a messy room, scrawling notes away. And, like I just... I understand where the trope comes from, and it comes yeah. from people like I want to say Hemingway was big. It was that kind of thing. Poe was that kind of thing where they like something never quite connected with them yeah. with reality, and that was how they coped. But then people glorify it and they try and emulate it without actually needing to. Yeah, and they cut themselves off from people. I think that's a real shame. I think it's. I think it's one of those things which you kind of because the, the trope's interesting, especially with those ones where you, you kind of like nowadays. If you get someone who who's an artist or, or a performer or anything like that, usually they end up in that trope just from stress. Yeah, it's, it's like it becomes a way to cope, and then all of a sudden it's like they're a heavy drinker, they're a heavy smoker, and then someone sees that and goes, no, "So they've been just... doing this from day one, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is how this is how you create. This is, you go out, you buy a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of brandy, and that's that's your evening set." Rather yeah. than realizing it's like, no, they that's probably did it a little bit, to. and then that's just mm-hmm. gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta have that that coping. I guess it's like coping with success in a sense. I, I see, yeah, I see a point to be fair. It's always interesting to think where those stereotypes come from, though, isn't it? Mm. I mean, obviously, you can go you know, too far, and then some people break free of it. Mm. And, and 
a stronger form. Of Some people enjoy it, which yeah. I always find a bit perverse when you meet an artist who really enjoys being starving hungry and having not succeeded in weeks. And they're just like, that's their thrill, is, but next time it'll be great. Next time it'll succeed. There is a little joy in suffering, mm. I will admit. There is. Some people take it a little far. Yeah, they can. I mean, I think that there's, this, there's a difference, or oh, there's, a, there's a balance to reach. I mean, again, like like we're giving up caffeine, a lot of people ask me why I did it. Because I, I knew it was going to be awful. Yeah. And it's because a little bit of me is a little bit masochistic. And it's like, I need to put myself through it. I need, mm. to, I need to experience something where my body is out of my control. Okay. And so I'll go do that. I'll, I'll go explore my limit, so to speak. Was part of it maybe also to see if you could? Yeah, is that what you say? There's so? yeah. a little bit of challenge. It's that it's that kind of I think. But then again, I mean, coming around to booze, it's like I do that as a way of fighting entropy because I I see it as a way of challenging myself. You know, mm. I work a regular job, do my creative stuff on the side, but there's no real challenge to any of it. It's just there. Mm. I'm just existing. So every once in a while, I go right. Let, let's let's challenge this. Let's you know. Let's see how well I do with no money. How well I do with no you know coffee. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of people turn to booze to to kind of do that. You get a lot of people who work regular jobs and will only go out on a weekend and get absolutely obliterated because it gives them that little break from mm. everything which they know is consistency. That little touch of danger as well. A little yeah. touch of I don't know where I'm going to end up. Yeah. Mm. There's that moment. <laughs> it's, it's that moment of, I know I'm going to die. I could die. You know, this could be good. Mm. You know. Let's see where this takes me. Let's yeah. see what happens. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's risking death in a controlled environment. Where well, I won't actually die, but just maybe. Yeah. Just maybe. There's like a slim percentage. <laughs> And then they, they occasionally the slim percentage does die, and then they go, it's a tragedy. I'm like, no, they, everyone knew what they were yeah, doing. They did that, they, everyone, they did that everyone was aware. Everyone knew when they started that night out that drinking a bottle of tequila and then driving was a bad idea, and they still did it. <laughs> you know, we come round in these things. I think, yeah, I think most people need a coping mechanism one way or another. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you, you you feel consistent, you've got to you got to break once in a while, as I call it. <laughs> you got to have that little break. Just to oh crack! Just to remind you that you're you're human, mm. essentially. I, I I put a lot of stock in um, my ability to put up with stuff, but yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You need something where you can just put all that to one side and just say, "Yeah, no, this is my thing. I don't care if it's dangerous. I don't care if it's embarrassing. This is what I'm going to do." Yeah. It used to be dance for me. I had to stop that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, just <clears throat> like a weird mix of people making judgments about me. And me not being able to ignore that anymore. Yeah. So, um, a bit after when we first met, I suppose. I, uh, no, sorry. A couple of years before we met, I first started doing I started doing pole dancing. Okay, yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. I, I started because I worked in a dance company. And I worked there doing um, physical training sessions with them. Yeah. I, I, I'd been a dancer for most of my life, but I never really uh, like pushed myself, like dance professionally or anything. And then... I was, there for a lot, I was there a lot, and I started getting involved in their dance pieces. Um, we did the Olympic Parade when that came through Lincoln. Nice. Um, it was embar- I was embarrassing as all hell. <laughs> Dressed as a 30-foot uh, personified flame, dancing I down mean, the key. It was pretty cool, with yeah, pictures, was, uh, but also horrifyingly impressive. embarrassing. <laughs> it was the windiest day I've ever experienced in my life. And I was just carry- I was just in a ma- in a mainsail, basically. I love the idea of someone flooding this and going, right, we're in Lincoln, one of the windiest places ever. You know what we need? Someone with a, with a large sail on the <laughs> A good 50% of the costumes, I would say, resembled sails. That's beautiful. Mm. That's, that's tragic. I was, I was the second yeah. person in the, in the march behind a little girl in like a tiny little Olympic flame 
outfit. Right. It was very cute. Uh, it keep telling her to keep moving though, so she keeps turning around. There's this, there's this like nineteen year old guy like wrestling just, down just the cage. <laughs> like, keep moving. Just keep at pace with the band. Good God. But yeah, they um, they used to do a lot of different stuff. They did like burlesque and fan yeah. dances and stuff. They did pole dancing, and um, I just gave it a try a couple of times. I really enjoyed it. And then that company um, collapsed in on itself, mm. as art, as artistic companies tend to do. Yeah, usually though. And then a few years later, around about when, I, about when you and I, I started interacting, um, I found a new pole dancing class, and I started attending that. It was just... Like, I enjoyed it at first. And I, I, obviously, I always enjoyed challenge. I always enjoyed trying new things. But there was just this persistent idea um, of, I suppose, two things. One that the only reason I would be a dancer who could be in a room full of women without constantly coming on to them was that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And two, that I always wanted to be on my own because I'm a quiet person. Or I was, I was a lot quieter then than I am now, I yeah. feel I should point out. And just, I, they, I would bounce between these two ideas and everyone would keep reacquiring these ideas. Okay. It, just, it got to the point where I was going there and I was just on my own, working on my own for like two hours. Yeah. And I was leaving, and it was a good workout, and I was enjoying it. And when people interacted with me, it was really nice, but I just I couldn't bring myself to keep going. That was a real shame for me, because it was something I genuinely enjoyed and something I I, yeah. I think I genuinely did all right at. But. Yeah, it's a real shame. I, I, I think pole dancing is like a strange one. I mean, I've never really thought of the isolation of pole dancing, but it is something you do alone. It's, you know, it's a solo dance, mm. which in itself is kind of unique to that. To that, to that um, you, can, you can do duo dances yeah but they are a very strange affair I, I mean I've never seen like... a, f- a friend of mine did a competition in dual dancing got yeah. like second and I was looking at their routine as it's like because in pole dancing you either you're either spinning or holding yeah so you're um you're suspending yourself from the pole in various ludicrous positions and when you get to duo the other person basically hangs off you for half of your stuff Okay. It's it's just another level of ludicrous. Yeah, like, that's I, like I, I really enjoy I can the suspend idea. Suspend myself from this pole, and then someone can hang from me. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, what? It's like it's right, wh- so you're hanging from me. Maybe we can do this upside down. <laughs> Maybe we can do it twenty feet up, it's spinning. <laughs> I did. No, I did. An, um, Once I would, again, we're back to that human idea of like, yeah, well, this, this we could die during this. Yeah, this would yeah, be good, right? right? <laughs> we did. Um, Lincoln Big was having a, like a. What's the word? Like a showing, showing okay. local companies and groups, like a showcase type thing. Yeah, and yeah. they had they gave us a space um, down by the Riverside shop, Riverside Shopping. Mm-hmm. We set up three poles and just spent like an hour dancing. And I don't think I got, and I don't think I've ever had more strange stares from people than like ten women and me mm. stood just spinning around poles and like dancing and laughing and like. I think it's enjoyable but a surreal experience for them I suspect to see me there it is one of those things of, I think pole dancing as well has like a strange mesmerising quality because mm. it's an unusual thing to see mm. like dancing you know two people on the ground wiggling about that's quite odd but it's, <laughs> it's a social norm because mm. everyone does it but yeah you kind of come across the pole dancing and you're like wait wait a minute that's not what you do with a lamppost. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an oddity in, in our society that's quite odd. But I want to know more. Yeah. Because I'm I, intrigued. It, it doesn't help that we have like connotations of pole dancing with stripping. Yes. And they all they it's are a very close link, yeah. They're not like connected, but like if you if you learn to strip, you'll probably learn to pole dance. Yeah. I'm, n- I'm never quite sure why. I suppose because you're mounting something. Yeah, I guess it's that's, it's, that's it's, the only connection I can. It's learning the things within your environment. It's, so it's like if you have 
if you have that kind of if you are stripping like the hood is you're going to come across the stage with a pole so you're going to need to, have to learn how to use a pole yeah put it's, in your routine it's, it's there yeah. so you're going to have to use it otherwise you're just not utilising your whole stage mm. you've got to you know, use the props and the people <laughs> uh, no touching no touching well not for you the guests <laughs> not for me what <laughs> no not for you Chris the dancer can direct <laughs> you can't touch the guests I've, I've literally never been to a strip club so I have no idea what the rules are uh, they're um... I mean there's two in Lincoln um, we'll there, give, we'll there's give not it. only two is there there's two in Lincoln I think there's, 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 there's just two. more than that really I feel like there's more than that I mean I'm aware of two we'll give them a quick shout out to anyone who's coming to Lincoln for a strip club there's Crystals and Cloud9 mm-hmm I've been. I can't say which is better. Or worse. I've been in one of them, and it was the most dingy, miserable experience of my life. Not going to say which. You can find that out you yourself. Got, you got Russian roulette of two, two. I just like it was a friend's birthday. Yeah, and it was the end of the night, and that was the, that was the place that was open after we got kicked out of home because it was three in the morning. This is usually how this is why you end up in strip clubs. Strip clubs yeah. <laughs> you end up at the strip clubs, or you end up at the pool hall. Which isn't close to like 5am. Don't you have to be um, a member? Yeah, you see, that's anything like Paul Hall. It's slightly more classy that you have to have a membership card than a strip club, which will just allow you in if you have money. Yeah, whatever. In you come. <laughs> I just had an overpriced cider and my friend went and had a strip dance. And uh, yeah, just everyone seemed tired and everyone seemed worn out. And, just, and then when I go do pole dancing, it's all energetic, everyone's enjoying themselves. Yeah. I, can, I could never mesh those two things in my head because I had such strikingly different. Uh, experiences I suppose yeah I mean you're introduced to it in a different way mm. yeah I mean I, th- I, th- I think yeah it's that kind of thing isn't it like pole dancing especially I mean in recent years most people see it as it's a fitness fitness yeah. thing you say pole dancing they think fitness they think people start, they try to rebrand it as pole gymnastics and pole fitness yeah, but it's, it is it's still pole dancing it's, it's mixed it's, it's now it just triggers the same things as like yoga you yeah. know it's cardio it's, it's something you go do um, mm. whereas like stripping obviously now is Still, it's still stripping. It's still, yeah. Some people frown at it. Well, then I I think in the UK at least, I don't think stripping's associated with poles as much. I suppose not. It's a very American movie type thing. Mm. Main stage, you know, Sandy's on for the night. (laughs) Here comes Sandy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Time for my dance. Looking for you boys. It's never a classy lady on the pole, is it? No, no. But I think the general idea is not is not to glamorize stripping in mystery films as a way of making money. I don't know. It's gonna let you can you can't make you got to play your strengths, right? <laughs> or the worst piece of advice you will ever hear: follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. It's the worst piece of advice. If you're gonna follow your dreams, you don't need to hear that advice. No. If you hear that advice and you're not following your dreams, you're not the kind of person crazy enough to achieve your dreams. Have dreams, work towards them. Yes. Don't don't like drop everything to be a musician because you play guitar for for a week, mm-hmm. which is like people are ludicrous with advice sometimes. Yeah, you you asked me to come in with a subject and I brought on online dating and that when I was like thinking through what I would talk about, yeah. poor advice is Spilled right at the top of my <laughs> table of things I hate. The words "be yourself" are etched in my mind as things to like spit at people when they when they oh I don't even. Like if you're struggling, to, if you're struggling with being single, and someone says to you, "Be yourself," I can't help but think, "What do you think I've been doing?" Like, do they do they assume I put on a mask and go out and like, "Ha ha, it is me, Count Olaf. I have come to meet the women of this fine town." Like, no, I, I, I mean, I'd imagine to... you'd have quite a lot of success if you put that. I probably, for a I probably would. <laughs> would you believe this is the Count Olaf experience? Come along. <laughs> hello, Count Olaf. 
I'll murder your parents, and then we'll have a nice, nice enjoyable adventure. <laughs> what was that first part? Nice, enjoyable lunch. Don't worry no. about it. <laughs> I probably would, yeah, but I, I presume people think you're being false. I just, I think there's a measure of, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll 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 drag this round as, as as a kind of thing. Obviously, we're discussing being uncomfortable and and being you know very self aware. And online dating has a huge huge part of that. Hmm. Is is a lot of it is a lot of people are uncomfortable, so it results to online dating, and then. The whole, the whole cliche of online is that you're not yourself online. Mm. So then they think you might not be yourself in person, either. That's a fair point, I suppose. Yeah, you kind of, mm. you kind of, you duck out of what you you kind of naturally do, and you be an exaggerated version of yourself because you're online, because that's what online allows. Mm. You can't help but do that because they're seeing a very minute part of your personality, and then people just assume, yeah, it's like, oh, you go on a date, and you'll probably just be, you'll you'll try and live up to that standard. Mm. You try and my boxes have escaped from me. So that's fine. I mean, the extra noises are what make this podcast. That's what they come for. The extra noises, the small noises, <laughs> us dropping things, occasionally glancing at the camera. I mean, you kind of lose a little bit of experience if you're not watching the YouTube thing. But you know, the SoundCloud is good. It's good. You know. But yeah, I think it's yeah, fine. I think the, the whole be yourself thing to me, be yourself always reminds me of being a kid mm. when you're going to school and then you go, "How do I make friends?" And they say, "Just be yourself." And they're trying to instill that idea of honesty in you. Don't. don't but no. that's not how you make friends. You make friends by doing activities with people yes. that you enjoy preferably or that you can make yourself enjoy. Yes. Do you like a sport? Play a sport, join a team. You, right? you make this friends is by finding common as well, ground. I feel. That's, yeah. it's, it's like, be yourself. It's like, yeah, but myself's this whole thing and the only thing we yeah, have yeah. in common is music. There's it's like, music. just talk about music. That's, that's, yeah. that's how you interact with people. Yeah. yeah. You, you and me don't talk about everything that we're interested in because... Yeah. Because we, do, we, we don't, we don't, we don't have all the same interests. You know, I've never polled honest in my life. But yet, you know, you're not, you're not, de- you're not dead yet, Graham. I mean, I'm trying. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> Ten more cups of coffee. If you go back to that coffee <laughs> habit of yours, I wouldn't be shocked. No, my liver is in peak condition. <laughs> peak condition. That's my, uh, black coffee's good for uh, like imagination, cognition, memory, isn't it? So yeah. you can remember all the pain you went through last month, at least. So that's nice. I mean, I learned I learned things through my through my coffee detox of um, like kind of side effects, like I had muscle spasms <laughs> and and like muscle aches from quitting caffeine. Good grief! And it's because my muscle, muscles were used to being fueled. They were used to, to me having energy. Do you have a Do you have a healthy diet besides your coffee? Yeah, yeah. That's like that's the thing. Like outside of coffee, I'm a fairly, fairly normal mm. normal diet. I, I kind of eat quite balanced, quite well. But yeah, it's, coffee's just my one. <laughs> coffee became the pillar upon which yeah. Which everything else is built. Thick black tarry goodness. <laughs> this this is nice coffee though. I, say yeah. I mean, eventually I hope to get a, a coffee sponsor for this show. <laughs> but for now, it's just just now whatever I've got. <laughs> is it Carif? That's called Carif. Uh, cafetiere. Cafetiere. Yeah. Nice little cafetiere. I know there's a calf in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could give you help because it's written on this side. Oh, thanks. But <laughs> I thought I'd let you struggle just just for a moment. Wow, this is this is, this, this is the guest right that I get coming into your house. I mean, is it? No one gets trapped amazingly. <laughs> I've got to question you on some things. Speaking of which, you know, we'll jump back to online dating. So, mm-hmm. where where are you? I mean, are you, I mean, are you a positive person of online dating? Right. I'm assuming no, considering the, the previous sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna break this down into two parts. Okay. Generally, I think online dating is a great idea. Like. For people like me who do irregular kind of awkward jobs where you don't meet people yes, and who aren't into sports, like team sports, and who don't find out what to use to meet people, 
online dating and stuff like that, like classified ads, which I think is the same kind of thing. I think it's a great idea because it gives you so many opportunities to meet so many people. Um, and you can meet people from all kinds of walks of life. You find strange connections between them. Um, a friend of mine's getting married uh, this year or last year from a girl he met on Tinder huh? three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not f- four years ago. Well, five, six years ago, in fact. Yeah, they, got ma- they met when I was starting university. And they're, they're just the sweetest couple. I didn't even know Tinder existed before. Mm. Five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was literally just starting, which is um, I think why he was so successful at it because yeah. you know yeah. no one no one knew Over the time. rules. Of yeah, there's only a few people yeah. on it. So. No, yeah. a couple of my friends have met through online dating, um, and they've all had positive things to say about it. Yeah, which is what started me on it. I hate online dating. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. You're not very good at it. <laughs> I I'm gonna throw some numbers at you now, Greg. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I've been in online dating. Yes. Over. I'd say three or four websites, Tinder, Bumble, all these apps that everyone throws out and invents and then they collapse. Yep, yep. I'd like you to guess how many messages I have received um, as replies or first messages in those three years. Three years. Multiple platforms. Multiple platforms, uh, mobile and sites. Um, if you're within five, is this, is this, I will give you money. Is this messages you received without prompt or messages in no, reply? overall. Just overall. Okay. Replies Just without replies. Okay. anything. Three years. I mean, I'd say about 30. 30? Yeah. Right. You are 26 off. 26 off. I have received four, four messages, messages in three years, okay. and I will break those down to you. Two, <laughs> two of them were a short conversation that went nowhere. Right. Fine. That's what I was kind of anticipating, and that yeah. was when I was starting. I was like, okay, so this is what I'm going That's what you expect about that. This is kind of fine. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. we didn't have a lot in common. Cool. Um, one of them was unprompted, someone yeah. making fun of my alopecia. Okay, that's you know not what you want from. No, it, it's it's kind of surreal in a way. Yeah. Like I was I was just like I was browsing. I was like, oh, you have a new message on. I think plenty of fish. I was like, oh, that's a new one. I didn't know they did that to open it. It's just, it's just like making fun of my hair, making me look stupid. It's like, are you having a really slow day, love? Like, is this, this how you pick people up? Like block? I suppose yes. there's a block function. And then one was someone asking if um, I had a Tinder has a option where like called smart photos or something where okay. it puts like photos that it thinks will do well at this front yes and I had a photo I had loads of photos of me doing stuff and I had a photo of me with a friend out for drinks right and I got a message from someone asking if my friend was single I'm just like okay I'm going to delete this app now because I mean it sounds what <laughs> what's this it sounds, it sounds like you're a little bitter <laughs> I, I, it's funny and I can see the humour in it yeah. it's also a bit upsetting yeah I can appreciate like, that you know, yeah yeah <laughs> You know, Every, if you're like, trying and everyone else is trying and you feel like you're not getting success well, what, I think what doesn't help is yeah all my friends are either in relationships or they go on Tinder and say oh I got like five messages this week but none of them really went anywhere and I'm sat yeah. like are you, are you seething yeah. with like pent up fury yeah yeah well <laughs> I mean see online dating for me like I mean obviously I've been I've been single for about just over a year now mm. like I've been, about a year and a year and a few months and I didn't start dating for six months or so after my relationship ended because I was like, I can't do that. That's I don't know. And obviously I went for online dating because I, I work erroneous hours and, mm. and do podcasts at all hours of the day. Um, That's all you do, just podcast from place to place. Yeah, and I, I honestly didn't know what to expect because my view of online dating was trapped in like the 90s. It was, you know, you've got mail and creepy guys on Craigslist <laughs> just asking to see your cock. And that's like the strange kind of balance of it all. Mm. Um, so yeah, I kind of like delved into it and within a few months, mo- like... A couple of months, so I realised that all online dating is just a game. Yes. 
it's it's one of those things where you can't and I I always feel kind of like you can never take it seriously and you can never take the amount of replies you get or the amount of matches you get seriously mm-hmm. because for a lot of people they do it as a way of passing the time they're single so they're able to so they do mm-hmm. you know and you're learning about people as you go I had a very eye-opening experience um, maybe six months ago yeah. I was out going out excuse me I was going out for a night out with two female friends um, they're fairly good friends um One's been a long-term relationship. One has never had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and just isn't interested in it, really. Yeah. But her friends got her on a Tinder. And she literally plays it as a game. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going I'm to go swipe Tinder. And so they sat there going left and right, left and right, left and right on people. And like, just watching like giggling and laughing at people's profiles, it's like, okay, this is, this is how people perceive this. Like, this, this is what it's, Tinder it's is. It's really surreal to see other people's experience with it being so different to my own. Yeah, I think it's that tragedy of Tinder and... and... Online dating in general, like Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, okay, anything of, of that ilk, is that it's advertised as a way of making connections with people. Mm. In the same way that Facebook used to be advertised as, meet friends, you'll have friends, MySpace, you'll have friends. This is mm. how you make friends. We're giving you that, that, that extra balance. So a lot of people do approach it as, I'm going to find love. Mm. I'm going to find romance. I'm going to go, and it's going to start my journey on this this fantastic thing of meeting all these people. Mm. But the problem is, because it's an app, and it's an online entity, it comes with a level of joke. Mm. It comes with a level of, this is something trivial, forget that it's real people. And it's it's why people feel like they can get away with insulting people or or trolling people online. Mm. It's because it's trivial to them. It's it's just this fabricated thing. There's no consequences. There's no consequences. At all. So with an app like Tinder, if you approach Tinder, you kind of have to approach it as, this is all fake. Mm. It's only real if I meet a person and I face-to-face with them and that is how that situation will go. Everything outside of that is completely fake. Mm. Because people, even when people swipe, like, they're never looking for a person. They're looking for an ideal. Or an experience. Or an experience, yeah. yeah. It's always something like you kind of sit there and swipe and you're, like, you're looking at people and you're like, if I met this person on the street, they're an average good-looking person. We may have common interests and we may get along. But I'll probably swipe left. Hmm. Because you're looking for an ideal. Because it's Tinder. Because it's fake. It's not something which you can kind of take to heart. And people forget that, mm. that people are taking it to heart. And that's obviously damaging, and then that adds to the whole social media okay, yes. beast, yeah. which is kind of what, what everything is on that. Are we, are we racking on social media as well? I mean, social media is... It's, I mean, Tinder's just social media now. It is. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's social media for single people, and people who cheat. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I got a new phone recently because yeah. my one broke, and I was thrilled that I couldn't get Tinder to work on it. Yeah. Because it was just... Like, I, I just stopped trying to get it to work. I was like, do you know what? I don't care. I don't care that that's not there. Like... Yeah. In three years now, I can probably cope for a little longer. I mean, even even without those, like, I feel like you, you kind of it, it doesn't work for everybody. No, that's that's the Clearly. thing. Clearly, well, yeah, this is, this is the thing, and I think because it is pushed as such a thing now, and obviously it is, a, it is a social, everyone's aware of it. You know, my parents are aware of Tinder. You know, it's that's that's, 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 that's <clears throat> a creepy concept to me. Yeah, it's yeah. this whole weird idea of like Tinder is like it's seen within our generation as like a sex app. Mm. But your parents are aware of Tinder because the internet's made it so visible. I feel like it's. I feel like I feel it became it moved from a hookup app to a dating app because it became more popular. Yeah. And as more people started using it, they were like, "Oh no, 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 no! This is for meeting people." Yeah. And wink, wink, getting to know people. The amount of profiles <laughs> which you see, which are like, "I will lie about how we met." Yeah. And I'm like, "Why? Why? <laughs> we met. We met online. Cool. 
know, we're, we're this, a modern this, generation. They, they polled it. Um, they yeah. did like a, a write-in poll about how people think is the most common way to meet. And everywhere but France says that they'd rather meet online than face-to-face. Yeah. Everywhere in Europe but France, which probably lied because it's the French. I mean, we the like French are that? passionate people. That's, uh, that's, that's I mean, word, they don't it? need Tinder. Let's <laughs> walk along the street and be like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so the Italians. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Italians are just the you Italians, right? <laughs> we can't. We can't do strong national stereotype jokes on this, on this I mean, podcast show. No. We, we won't. We could, we could, but we could, we'd have to throw in a few British ones, which, well, you know, obviously. which is why we're all hiding in our homes. You know, we're a ludicrous, avoiding we're each a ludicrous other. country. <laughs> You know, we're casually dealing with the frustration that we can't talk to people, yet we don't want to talk to people because we're English. We're sat, we're sat on a podcast complaining about things in our lives yeah. that we would never bring up. We haven't talked about the weather. Oh, God, don't, please. I mean, the wind. Yeah. It's far too much. <laughs> We've already been on the wind today, so yeah. We discussed the weather before the podcast. Yeah. We've got it all out of our system. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these kind of like strange things about it. I think because of the way it is a part of society, a lot of people see it as the only way to meet mm. now, forgetting that the rest of reality exists. It's like if you if you were in like the nineties and there was no online dating and in like early nineties, you'd be thinking, "How do I meet people?" Well, I'd have been thinking "Gaga Goo Goo" because I was born in the early nineties. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if we were adults, um, yeah. So like, you know, how do you meet people in general? It's like you'd have to go to parties, you'd have to go out to random coffee shops and approach strangers, which is a, which is a complete social taboo now. Yeah, talking to strangers. How do you randomly. approach a stranger? You I, can't. I can't approach a stranger because. But between it just being a little awkward and the the amount of stuff you read online of people genuinely being really uncomfortable when someone starts a conversation with them, I would never want to start a conversation with someone without them obviously making it clear that they wanted. To there start is a, a gap, though. I've found. All right. So this is this is there's a loophole in Do you approaching go strangers, Do you go <laughs> which you'll hate. Smoking. It, yes, smoking no, you're, you is are the right. one situation where you are still completely socially acceptable to stand outside on your own having a cigarette. Someone else comes out, and you can, can you can engage in conversation. Mm. Do, you know, do you know what? I carry a lighter when I go out for nights out, yeah, just so I can offer someone a light if they need one. And they want to get rid of smoking. How <laughs> we'll never talk to a terrible. person again. <laughs> the entire country dies off in one generation. Yeah, it's just oh. like the dream of like the dream of like early nineties and two thousand was meeting someone you know in a bookshop. You know that's that's what your your rom coms mm. were doing was was saying oh you'll meet someone in a bookshop you'll go to a wedding and you'll meet someone at a wedding you know it's anywhere where there was a large congregation of people was how you would meet someone. Mm. Whereas now the general idea is no you'll probably meet someone online. You'll be Facebook friends, or maybe, or maybe part of like a group. Or yeah, it'll or be a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll go on Tinder. You'll meet someone through that. And then it, it's it's a big struggle for people who have very small or very like niche social groups. I feel yeah. like I don't have a huge social group. I have a lot of people I kind of talk to. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot. Of, I have a couple of people who I'm very close to who are all in relationships. Like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, and there's the problem that a lot of the stuff I'm interested in is very gender segregated it's like I'm, I love dance which is all women yeah. and I love computer games and nerd stuff mm. which is all dudes obviously there are men and women in on either opposites, side but, the but general they're so few and far between and then like it, it logically it feels like dancing should be a great way of meeting women mm. but it's not because it's a it's a woman's it's a weird word it's a woman's space in the same way that a man, a man's space you don't bring relationships into it it's all about like what you're doing there like in yeah. a more mixed group setting, I think it would be fine. Like if I was doing ballroom dancing, I think that would be a more reasonable conversation to bring up. But when it's all just women, mm. I, it doesn't feel comfortable to talk about that kind of thing. 
you kind of get that. <clears throat> I can't I get you in the sense of um, that whole idea of if you go to an event or you're going to something which is, is kind of subject-led, you feel that it's, it's kind of wrong to take something like hitting on someone mm. to one of these events because people aren't there for that. No. They're there for whatever subject you've gone for. You know, you go to a gaming event, you, you're there for gaming. You're not there to be picked up. You know, you go to dance, you're there to dance. The one that always strikes me is people People like to pick up on the fact I go to the gym every day. Like, okay. Oh, is that not a good space for people? No. Everyone's exhausted. <laughs> Everyone stinks of sweat. So Everyone's so focused on every what they Every gym meme I see is about people like, don't fucking talk to me at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have two but two times my own body weight strapped to my spine. Please don't strike up whether about to talk about the weather. Say, ask how I'm doing. I had a... Good, good talk, man. Like, it's an awful place to meet people. <laughs> Narrowing down the places you can meet people. Essentially, you just have to approach someone on the street, and yet I would fucking hate to be approached on yeah. the street. Uh, people say people like wave and say hi to me. Cause I, I work with old people for my yeah. job, so when they recognise me out on the street, they're like, "Oh, hello, Chris." I'm like, oh, sure. "Hi." Yeah. yeah. So I'm not I'm not ready for people. Yeah. Like I, I do my job, and I'm very sociable and very polite to them. Yeah. But if they catch me, I have to very rapidly like. Get back into work mode so I yep. can do the whole hello there, how are we doing? How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm out again, I'm like back to my phone, what's Reddit yeah. telling me today? <laughs> oh, the news is up. I'm good. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, though, that's, 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 I don't think that's ever just like one person. I, I think that's our generation. Mm. If, if we are, we're very insular people. We're, we're a lot more narcissistic than the previous generations because we've been given the opportunity to be mm. a lot more narcissistic, so we fully embrace it. But at the same time, we also mock narcissism yes. hugely. Because we're, we're, cause we're English. Well, we're, <laughs> we're self-aware. We're, you've got to think, we're the selfie generation, but yeah. it, it, I think it's now a really weird taboo to take a selfie. I think... How, how weird would you feel if someone just took their phone out and took a selfie themselves? Would you find that odd? I find that odd because it, it's a odd. blocking of interaction between two people. Mm. It's, it's that difference between people who take a lot of selfies, or take selfies on their own, mm. or take selfies alone, but in a group setting. Like, I have no problem like taking a selfie with me and you right now. Mm-hmm. Because you'd be like, there's a pair of us. I'm including you in what we're doing, you know. But if I was to sit there and be like... Just I while pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I suppose I do that more often, Graham. Just, well, you know, start, just try to, try just to mirror of, myself. <laughs> some business meeting ten years in the future. Pardon me a moment. Excuse me, selfie moment. Carry on. <laughs> Doing business. Any hope in the future is that they do exactly the same thing. Just like, ah. <laughs> Neither of us included in the other photo. Just pure self, selfie. Well, no, no. You take a selfie of them taking a selfie so you can make fun of them taking selfies yeah. with the caption of your selfie. Well, yeah. That's I mean, that's the meta we have to build towards as a country. <laughs> this great I think, nation. I mean, we're getting there. We're kind of, we're gradually slipping towards we'll making fun of ourselves for making fun of ourselves. And that's, you know. But then, I mean, we do. I think we'll then implode as a country if we have to be sarcastic about our sarcasm. I don't think I we think, can do it. I think we can manage it. Oh, I don't know. If there's a country which could pull that off, it's. it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The greatest country in the world. It's, you know. Belgium. Yeah. Don't mind Belgium. I don't think I've ever heard Belgian humour. I've been recently watching. Um... It's mostly just good natured, <laughs> it's just good, good natured waffles and uh, cheerful <laughs> expressions. I've been watching um, Comedians in Cars on Netflix, which is essentially Jerry Seinfeld. I know of Jerry Seinfeld. Comedian, obviously, um, gets a no, vintage okay. car, mm. picks up a celebrity, and they go get coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's um, the car, that carpool show yeah. idea that BBC yeah. it's essentially for, that. forced in our faces for three yeah. months. But it's good. Like, oh, um, okay. So it's not the yeah, one. no. Because um, essentially, you get comedians 
and most of them are comedians who go to get coffee so they'd sit down lots of jokes back and forth so it's interesting you learn a little bit of things mm-hmm. and he had um, Christoph Waltz um, obviously uh, Tarantino's German Yes, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not good at names. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah, Inglorious yeah, yeah. Bastards, Christopher's. Um, he always he, keeps his accent. He always keeps his accent. Just kind of like nice and, nice and clear. And he, he kind of gets in the car. And he's from Austria hmm. originally. And he's so quiet. He's, he's so funny because he's so quiet. And he's just kind of refined. Whereas Jerry Seinfeld, quite loud, quite constantly talking. And you just sit and watch through the entire thing. And, and Seinfeld's just she's going on and on, and Christoph's just making these little facial expressions, which add everything to the conversation. Because you can see he's, he's engaging, he's doing little things, he's commenting without even saying words. And I'm like that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they got on about Austrian humour, and it's like, yeah, that's basically that's what we've got. It's just it's it's very nice. It's very you know it's funny, but it's it's a little dark, but it's nice. <laughs> mostly polite. Yeah, it's just mostly polite. Whereas yeah, you know. American humor is obviously a bit very loud and very rapid. Yeah, mm-hmm. loud, rapid in your face. It's advertising what I want. That's, yeah. I think I'll be there. You got the bits at the end. Yeah, I got the bits at the end. Too much. That one. I do. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't poisoned you. Yet, I, don't so. use, I don't know how to use these fancy cookie <laughs> things. <laughs> I mostly mix it in the mug, like uh, like a philistine. I mean, so in, in in view of view on, online, I mean, I feel like we're at a point now where I don't feel like online dating will die out. No. I don't think it'll get worse, particularly, because I think it's at a point where to get any worse out of this would have to be <clears throat> where you're essentially paying to see other people, mm. to see profiles and that kind of thing. Because at the moment, online dating has that caveat. You can pay for extra features within your app. But generally speaking, but generally messaging is free. still free. Mm. And anything past that, you're essentially just a pornography site. You know, you're paying to see other people. Therefore, you're paying to be, you know, titillized in some way for your enjoyment. Yeah, um, Which, I, I think that is the point where it would suffer. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see <clears throat> a dating app which has no pictures. So back to the classifieds. So Craigslist. Yeah, but, but without Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is once you don't have to verify who you are with images or whatever. Well, no, you still have to verify who you are for the app, but the people, no one will see it. I think if it was something where, maybe something where, uh, like Tinder, you match based on a bio, mm. and if you both agree, then you see pictures of each other. Yeah. And then you can you can, and then you can unmatch, but they'll see that you matched and unmatched. Like that'd be interesting. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd be interested to see if that because would that get you back on online dating? Oh yeah, no. If no. There was something like I would that. I would love that because I would love to see the number of unmatches I would get when people see my awful pictures because I'm not a very photogenic person. Um. But I think I can probably write a bio that would be fairly interesting. I mean, I don't know. I think you look alright in photos. <laughs> I've got some pretty grim photos in me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Maybe with you just you. need better photographers. <laughs> I need I need more photos. I'm not. I don't get taken pictures of me a lot. So yeah, that that is a, a general. Yeah, the the number of pictures are quite small, and it tends you to start taking a... selfies, mate. Oh, yeah. You're a to ignore the selfie. Damn it. I mean, I, I mean that was a challenge though, um, especially when I started doing all this stuff. Like again, I'm, I'm like you; I don't take photos of myself. Mm. It, it wasn't something I particularly did. I've taken more since starting on that day. It's become more of a regular thing. Mm. Of oh yeah, I need I need to update a photograph because I don't feel like that. You know, Reflex. three months ago yeah. looks like me now. So every so often, you know, update that photo. But yeah, taking that first photo of this is what I want to project to the world. <laughs> uh, it took me like 
I must have been for an hour mm. trying to get a photograph of me, which I was happy with. And so I sent it to multiple friends. It was like, what is this? Like, Why is this my face? Does this represent me? me? I was so worried about Do I look like this? misrepresenting oh my myself and, and mm. not having that conversation of, well, you don't look like your pictures. <laughs> well, I had... When I first first started online dating, yeah. and I had to go through pictures of myself to try and create a profile, I I got really paranoid, like that I had like, um, like really squinty eyes or something. Okay. Yeah. And I realised the problem is I have really light sensitive eyes, and the pictures people were taking clearly had really heavy flash on them. Yeah. So, so you're automatically just... there's a lot of pictures of me like, yeah. what the hell is this? Because <laughs> I don't know how bright it's going to be. Yeah. But like. Now that I'm a bit older, I've got pictures of me like dancing or doing art stuff. There's a couple more pictures of me where I look like a normal human being. Almost, generally, almost people. It, people do prefer normal human beings. Normal human so, beings, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's, that's generally the... Well, that's what they say, anyway. Well, yeah. Everyone has that one for an unusual human being. <laughs> <laughs> so, to be fair, if I turn up today and it turned out to just be an alien who's pretending to be a woman, I'd stick around. It'd be interesting. Mm. It'd be a story to tell. Exactly. I went on the first interspecial date with an alien. Specify with an alien. Don't say it's special. People will think that's weird. Just like dating cattle now. <laughs> My dog loves me. Hmm. Not that way, though. Yeah, hopefully Your not. dog likes you because you give it food. It's not interested in you in that way. I guess in a way we, we need to form some way of, of helping people like yourself who, who don't do well on online dating. Hmm. Of forming some kind of, not so much guide, but like advice line of, of what you can do to get out of that. You know. Well, the advice people people like to give me plenty so, of advice. This, this is saying, like, go back to <coughs> you saying you hated advice. It's not that I hate advice; it's that everyone gives every, everyone, everyone gives, gives really bad, bad advice. advice. And the problem is, the people who think they're in a good position to give advice on dating are the worst people to give advice on dating because they're always people who've been in relationships for a while. Yeah, and you, have you do what forget. Being single is like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've learned about single in the last year. Hmm. I've, I've had to learn about something. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let prior, me teach you. That's <laughs> well, the thing. Like prior to this, I was in a, like a five-year relationship, mm. that's, and like, it was three years prior to that. I was essentially seeing the same person, and it was like, you know, coming to single. I was like, I don't know how to single. It's so a lot of time sat doing stuff that you want to do, which is nice. Yeah, and then coming home from work and no, no one's there, which is not so nice. No. There's ups and downs. Yeah, I can come home and play Digimon World as much as I want. Yeah. and eat whenever I feel like it. The one which gets me is waking up. Yeah. If you're feeling like a little bit low, <clears throat> then you wake up and you're like, oh, no one's here. You're in a double bed as well, you're right? Yeah. Yeah, you just look across. And it's like, this expanse. It's like, it's just there, could, there could be someone here. They don't even have to wake up there. They can just be in the house. It's mm. like, there's someone around. And, the yeah. noise of someone else in a house with you is very yeah. relaxing, especially when you're upset or stressed. I think, I think coming out of student houses... Um, and coming into when I was working, like living in my on my own, yeah. that is the thing you miss is just pottering around. See, I, I say that at the same time, but I feel like I could live with someone I wasn't dating anymore. I couldn't house share. No, I could not I'd know. Just like part of me and my brain. Like, <clears throat> so I sleepwalk. Oh, okay. And I sleep talk. Um, Do you which, sleep naked? No, that's good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shocking housemates. <laughs> But, um, just walk through that room occasionally like occasionally I'll I'll, I'll get out of bed mm. I'll think people are in the house but I won't be panicked by it okay I'll just close my bedroom door I'll put on a t-shirt and I'll go back to bed and I'll wake up the next day and I'll be wearing a t-shirt mm. and my door will be closed and I'll be fully aware and I'm just like that's I didn't do that I did do that I did do that I must have done that I don't know, I've lived alone for a year now like <laughs> there's nobody in my house why do I think people are in, why aren't I scared that there's people in my house <laughs> maybe there are people in your house maybe 
I mean, they could easily hide out. There's a, there's a fair few hours. Well, they're they're not here. Have you checked all the corners since we came in? No. I'm concerned now. I mean, there's a cupboard there. I've never been in there. <laughs> what, at all? In a year? Maybe not for like, I don't think I've been in there this year. This is what clutter does to <clears throat> Clutter's amazing. <laughs> this is what blocking it with your bike does, I suppose, actually. So we've already had be yourself as the worst... This is a terrible piece of advice. What's the, the two other pieces of advice which are the worst advice you've received? Uh, okay, so I've got... And I will give, give you advice at the end of this. We'll, we'll, of I, I will try and combat this as a person who is, is I, You are actually also single, single, so you can yes, actually so, give me advice yeah, and I can like, immediately dismiss you. Yes. So my dad... Bless him. Our parents are terrible. My dad is, six, is 62 now. Right. Um, he's, I hope he's not 61. <laughs> he's going to be so offended if I've got his age wrong. He might be 60, he's 60 something. It's gradually aging. Um, and him and my mum divorced uh, two years ago. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. Uh, whole bloody story. Mm. Um, and he came and see me a little while ago. And every time I see <coughs> my parents, either of them, because my both my both my siblings are in long term relationships, right. they always ask, So, Chris, are there any girls in your life? Are there any girls on the horizon? As they all want to, you know. And the last time my dad came down, <laughs> I said no. No success, really. I said, I, said, I said in the same thing I said to everyone. Like, my job doesn't really help me meet people because everyone I work with is like 60 up over. Yeah. Not really what I'm looking for. Yeah. And he gave me a weirdly rambling story about a guy he works with, quite a young guy, who's fairly nerdy, who recently got into a relationship. Okay. And he said to me a, piece, a sentence that I adored, which was, have you tried online dating? And I had to sit there passively and go... You know, Dad, I've given it a bit of a shot. Yeah, yeah. once or twice. But are you on only one site, Chris? Yeah, Dad. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> he said to me, um, you don't talk about the fact you dance on that, though, do you? <laughs> so my dad's advice to me was, lie about your hobbies, because you might put someone off with your interests. See, which yeah. was that's terrible. The worst. <laughs> it's not just bad advice. It's counterintuitive advice because it's basically saying, "Don't actually tell them who you are. Yes. Be yourself, but also lie explicitly. Lie about what you're excessively about what you do and how you spend your time. Like, <laughs> so his, you form a relationship on nonsense. <laughs> his perspectives seem to be, um, if I acted like more of a stereotypical guy, right. Um, women would give me a chance to introduce myself and like, I, I've said this to people before I'm, I'm quite I'm alright at talking to people once yeah. I'm started yes I'm not good at starting conversations yeah I'm saying bullied yeah. when we're young like it just, it just happens you, you're not good at stuff yeah um, but yeah his advice was just don't tell them you, you're interested in gaming or nerd stuff don't tell them you're interested in dance pretend you're interested in sports and stuff I'm like dad yeah, that's, that's, please that's... Yeah, this is like when I was younger, and he was talking to me about girls and girlfriends. Like when I was like thirteen, fourteen, and no, yeah. no one had a girlfriend because you were yeah. thirteen, fourteen. 14, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no, Chris, just be yourself. There's plenty of time, and there's plenty of women out there. I'm like, you know that you're right. <laughs> That's almost like your dad's gone for like a desperation punt of like, oh, that advice I gave him years ago. <laughs> Oh boy, I gave Chris, that advice. Like, <laughs> I gave him advice when I was married, and that didn't work well. What if I do the opposite, Chris, pretend you're someone else. Oh, okay. That's awful. Yeah. It's brilliant advice. Okay. Oh man, I hope he doesn't watch this now. I mean, that it wasn't good advice. Like, it's not. I'm not going to apologise. Sorry. I, forget I've that. Never apology. Met you, yeah, yeah, no. You watched this. That is just bad advice. Well, you weren't about my dad, no. I forget because a lot of my friends have, but <laughs> it's never come up for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> Anyone watching this, if you're entertained, don't lie about what you're into. <laughs> what, a, what a great conversation that ended up being. I mean, all I can picture is you sort of like, like, all right, so yeah, all right, just live over. It's like, oh, you're into skydiving. I'm into skydiving. I'm terrified of heights. I'm into skydiving. No, but I'm terrified of heights. All right, we're skydiving. Next week, you're like, great. <laughs> I've made a total mistake. Halfway down, <laughs> screaming. I thought you liked him. I do. That's how I express my enjoyment. <laughs> it's like roller coasters, though, right? You scream because you're enjoying it. Well, like horror movies. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, <laughs> alright, so that's one. Um, another piece of advice, which isn't bad advice, but it's not good dating advice. Okay. This might be my perspective. Um, a friend said to me, um, improve yourself. Improve yourself. Which is good advice in general. Like, write more, go out, go out about, improve your diet. Work out more. Like, yeah. I have really bad um, self-body image yeah. when I left university. I would... Rightly so. I was, like, 63 kilograms, and I'm six foot three. Okay. Like, I was horribly underweight. Right. Um, so I packed on a lot of weight. I started working out, which I, I love. I adore going to the gym. I go every damn day. I'm an idiot. I'm, like, I'm psychotic for hurting myself in the gym. I've been limping at work for three days now because I twisted my knee. <laughs> But I mean, I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. I mean, I, I, I have addictive substances. So. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, not good you have your last, I have mine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but the advice of improve yourself yeah. doesn't help with dating because it's something you have inside yourself, which doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to try and explain it. Um, so I, can, I, I work out a lot and I can bench X amount, yes. which might be to another person who's into fitness, vaguely impressive. Yeah. But there's no possible way I can start a conversation with, so hey baby, I go to the gym. Like, I presume people do do that, and I can only assume I mean, yeah, it doesn't work I imagine that, that is used. Like, how, could, how do you start a conversation with, oh, so I go to the gym? Like, that doesn't, doesn't work, surely. Or, or oh, hey, I, I write poems. I don't know, I mean, to, if you're in the, right the only way that works is if the person who you are saying it to is in exactly the same mindset. Hmm. But then you have to know them already to know that. Unless you're just trying on everyone. In which case, it's just a numbers game. Really. Ah, the shotgun method. <laughs> it's a scatter blow. Of, hey, guys, I go to the gym. Awesome. <laughs> Two people, like, perk up. Like, gym? You yes. Too. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's not a... Just see ears. Just <laughs> perch. So, you, so I, suppose, I suppose the best way of using that is you have a loud conversation with your friend in a bar and see who starts listening into the conversation. That is interesting. That could work, though. I suppose. It's, I think it's good life advice. I think it's not good advice with the aim of being better at date for a dating. I don't. I think that's an interesting one because the way it interests me is like on Tinder and on, on Kikuku and stuff. I feel like when people become single, hmm. they go through a phase of I need to improve myself. Hmm. I, I mean, I certainly did. Yeah. I, I went as soon as I became single. I was like, cool. I need to look at everything that's wrong with my life because this is why I'm single now. <clears throat> there's there's got to be a reason. I need to I need to put a, put a pen on it and go. I need to lose weight. Because yeah. I'm single now, so that's a necessity. I didn't need to be in a relationship because I was in a relationship. Mm. Um, in the same way as like, oh, I need to go out more. I need, I need to I need to go to events. I need to be interested in something because if I'm not, then I'm just me. And if I'm me, then people leave. I'm me. just going to stagnate. Yeah, and you, you, you kind of life. get into this weird little cycle of I need to improve myself. So when you go on online dating, you see a lot of people who are like, I go to the gym. Mm. You know, oh, I've started reading this. Oh, I've gotten really into this recently. And it's like they're trying to to push some concepts that they will be in more interesting because they've got this new new little thing. Mm. It's like trying to put like a little, little extra twist on yourself. So yeah. you've got you as normal. His, and you're his, like, his yeah. like new Coke, new yeah. Chris. New this, is, this is everything I am. And like, oh, when I do this, because then you've got a subject, common ground to talk about. Yeah, I, I just feel like that's not a sustainable way of 
thinking about dating, but maybe that's just... Well, no, I mean... I, maybe, I, it's, maybe it's because I my agree. form of self-improvement was going to the gym a lot and writing, which are both two things you can't really start a conversation with, maybe. I don't know, I feel like you writing could... Writing with writing group, mate. I, I, well, I mean, not even writing. I think if, if you if you kind of get into... It's one of those things about... I, I wouldn't say... I would, I'd say it's bad advice to, to try to improve yourself just for the sake of dating. Yeah. I'd say it's bad advice to go... I need to do this because I'm single and people need to be interested in me. You know, I'm going to start going to this class because I need something to talk about because I'm boring. I think the the way to approach it would be you, you look at your life and you go, these are the things I'm interested in and this is what I'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know you. And this is, I think this is what a lot of people forget is a lot of people don't, no one knows you. You know, you're a completely blank slate to them. So everything you think, oh, well, everybody knows I do that. They don't, you know, so I, I talk to people and they go, oh, so what do you do? And I'm thinking, well, everyone knows that I'm, I draw. Like, that's my thing. People know that. And it's like, I've never met this person. I have no, no idea that I draw. Unless, unless they happen to have seen yeah. it through someone else. You know, unless it's like, oh, you do a podcast. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, I do a podcast. I talk to people. <laughs> you know, I completely forget to yeah. mention that because to me, it's an everyday. <laughs> it's one of those things of like, everyone knows I do it, so I never think to mention it. Yeah. But when you, you kind of go along dating, it's like, well, yeah, you can mention it because they don't know it and they might be interested just to ask about it. So I feel like with writing, especially writing, because a lot of people don't write. They find it interesting to learn why you're writing, mm. what you write about, why you know you kind of get into that kind of creative process, even if they're not in, into creative things themselves. But then the amount of people I find who aren't into creative things who do write is kind of crazy, mm. or people who just do it as a, as a cathartic method, it's a, and they never mention it to people. Seems. Yeah, mm. they, like, they'll never mention it to anyone, any of their friends or family. They don't tell people they write, and then they meet someone else who writes, and they go, "Oh yeah, I do a little bit of writing." Yeah. And it's this nice little connection which you can make and be like, you know, you might not expect them to be writers, but they might write. That's right, I suppose, yeah. And it's, it's just finding that, I think, I'll, I'll give, you, give you some advice of, of, of dating in terms of how I approach dating. Mm. Okay, so... Please do. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the most successful there, but I've had more success than you on something like Tinder. Mm. As a, as a, a, as a, a uh, what's the word? A comparison, mm-hmm. let's say. I think... I think we discussed this because um, obviously I've had Mel on before who we discussed dating with um, that was Dating 101 mm-hmm. I'll probably call this Dating 102 and Self-Image we'll, we'll <laughs> have that as the title um, and we said, we said a lot of it is okay, is, is the terrible advice of be yourself mm. I don't necessarily think it's the, the advice of be yourself I think you kind of just have to look at it as be honest because the more honest you are the more you, the less you have to maintain a facade and a lot of people go into dating and they worry so much about how, how they'll impress someone how they'll get to know someone what they look like mm. it's like the more comfortable you are with you mm. the more someone responds to it because you're not having to constantly backtrack it's essentially it's that classic image of you know you go to a bar yeah. and you see a guy in a really tight shirt or a girl in a really short skirt and all they do through the entire night is adjust their shirt and pull their skirt. Mm. It's like, you are not comfortable as, it, as you are. And you're going to just continue to maintain that. And then the more of you, the real you's revealed, the more that's going to slip. Mm. So you're just going to end up failing because all anyone's going to see at the end is this mess who can't control his shirt or can't control his skirt because the real you has come out. Whereas if you'd started off and want something you were comfortable with, something which you didn't have to maintain as you went in, when the real you came out, you'd still look like you. Mm-hmm. 
I suppose, yeah. And I think that that comes into on on that dating of when you start off. I mean, my my bio for Tinder doesn't tell you anything about me really because I wrote a short story, and that's my Tinder bio. <laughs> I wrote a short story about me sitting in my back room having a cup of coffee, and that's as much information as as is there. But it's like I'd rather do that than sit and say, oh, you know, I'm this tall, I work here, I do this, and you kind of you just you do do what you do, essentially, mm-hmm. is to use a, a nice. Be you, you do you, you do you, you do you. <clears throat> and it's, yeah, it's, it's that kind of balance of if you go into it honestly and you go into it with the things which you are interested in, you kind of find that little surprise. I can give you, obviously, an idea of if you match how to get that message because, like, online is, is, is a game. Mm. So if, you, if you're not part of their game, you're never going to win it. But in reality, talking to regular people as long as you kind of lead with the things which generally interest you and then try and relate that to their life. Mm. Ask Don't questions. lie. Ask questions. That is one of the only good pieces of advice yes. I've received. Ask lots of questions. Mm. Let them talk. Yes. People love to talk. People love to talk. People love to be asked about their life mm. because it's not something you get in every day. You know, you go to work, people don't go, oh, what are you, what are you doing this? Mm. And then ask further questions and further questions. And again, you're a blank slate to them. You're a blank slate to everybody. So it's kind of, you know, even if you can just spark up a conversation about anything, I, if I was going for a cigarette and talking to strangers. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, you, I'm not taking up smoking. Take up smoking, Chris. <laughs> for the chance it improves my dating life. I'm not doing it. But then I think that's the other thing. Like, I mean, I don't approach dating as I want to date. Mm. I just approach dating as I want to talk to people. And that's all I've ever approached mm. dating as is I will talk to someone. If that someone is someone I find attractive then I'll try and move it towards we should go for coffee mm. or we should you know, get a drink or something. Should go for fag. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's one of those things that as long as you're approaching everything, everyone as a person and as a whole and them as an honest person and you as an honest person, you have much more, a higher success rate of just getting to know people and then if people know you as a person, then you kind of roll on through that. Mm. And that's, that's how I see dating. Anyway. That's fair. So, I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice. It's, it's not the worst <laughs> advice I've heard, uh, I, I mean, as we've discussed. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things if I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable hiding stuff about myself no. for the sake of a date. You kind of, you've just got to leap in and be like, this is what I do. You know, you it's might find a balance with that. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I, I can't help but think that. And I, I realise there's a lot of, a lot of balance. I mean, it took me a very long time to be comfortable with myself. I mean, as a child, I was fat. I was huge. Mm. And so I didn't find actual kind of comfort with myself till through uni. And then I ended up in a relationship and you become very comfortable with yourself because you've always got someone there. Um, so when you come out the other side, you're just like, this is what, oh, this no. is what I do. Who actually am I? Yeah. Mm. You know, you, you kind of, well, what's everything which I've just been doing, you know? So you kind of clarify that and just boil it down. I think that's a lot of dating. I think it's just finding comfort with yourself. Because if you can't do it, how's anyone else going to do it? Yeah, true. And the only way I think to be comfortable with yourself is just to go, accept, and look at it, really. As long as I'm improving myself, I'm pretty happy with myself, to be honest. Yeah. That is, that is a personal target, though, for me. Yeah. If I go to bed a little better than I went, I woke up. That's not a bad target. Even, even, even if it's just because I helped someone that day, because <coughs> I was nice. I mean, I saw, I saw a great post the other day. Um, who shared it from somewhere else and there was this whole idea of you shouldn't feel bad if you've been unproductive mm. because everyone has different levels of productivity 
It's like you shouldn't feel bad for just wanting a day where you're just you if you've not gone out and done something. And I think it is, as much as self-improvement is a great goal, I don't think you should ever have a day where you're like, well, I didn't improve anything today, so I'm a terrible person. Mm. It's like, well, no, you made it through the day, but you didn't make anything worse. Mm. You know, you didn't go out of your way to fuck someone over. You didn't, you know... <laughs> Not, not today. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've had bad days. It's like it was the same as me. Like I mean, you know, I I, I get depressed when I'm not making. Mm. I have to be making something, regardless of what it is. I'll just be making something. And then if I'm not making something, I'm, I'm like, this is awful. I'm you know I'm, I'm done. And I've struggled to learn the idea that if I stop making things, that's okay. It's more of a compulsion. It's just you need to be. Going. Need, you need, need to be going. doing. You need to be, need to be doing something. I need to be thinking yeah. of something. I need to be creating something. And it's you know. If I'm not, then I'm terrible. You know, I'm, I'm worthless. And it's like, well, I'm not. Yeah. I just had a break today. I just had a break, and that was just to remind me that it's okay to stop. And then I can carry on. Mm. And keep going. It's, it's the same mentality as it's okay to fail. Yeah. People are terrified of failure, especially especially nowadays. People just don't want to fail, but you need to. To, succeed, think, to succeed, you must fail. It's a strange thing about it. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Of you, we teach kids how to succeed but you don't teach them how to fail mm. and how to how to recover from failure because it's always a thing of, oh, you didn't win. You do better next time. You know, it's, oh, it's this. And then the parents love to make excuses of why someone else will win. And it's like, well, no, if you teach them that they could fail and that's okay, it's not the end of the world. You know, they can look at it and go, all right, well, that's clearly not for me. Mm. Or they can look at it and go, well, that's a challenge. But yeah. I, I had a I had a very poor ex, um, experience with school that unfortunately put me off yeah. authorities telling me that I can be good or I can be bad. Um, do I have time to, to complain about yeah, my childhood real quick? We can, we can do a quick childhood complaint. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was in... Maybe we'll get some insight into, <laughs> into, my, into my childhood. Okay, here's an insight into my stupid secondary school. Okay. When I was doing my GCSEs, yeah. I did a load of them early. Uh, in year nine, I finished them in first in year ten, just in like a year. Um, year eleven, which is last year of secondary school, is before you go to do college or sixth form. Yeah. Um, I was doing a, I was doing um, an early year level, and I was doing a ridiculous number of GCSEs, and I was doing one in history. Mm-hmm. And I handed in my coursework. Um, I got a little early to get it marked and see if I could improve it at all. And um, head of department um, gave me a letter to take home. So, okay, this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I took it home, gave it to my parents. Um, and they'd asked them to come in and had a me- have a meeting with the head of department. Uh, they didn't say what about, which when you're, even if you're a massive goody two-shoes, at the age of 15, you're terrified. That's if, ominous as hell, If yeah. school says, can you come in for a meeting? It's like the text which says, we need to talk. Mm. Mm. Like, mm. Well, ring me. <laughs> okay. Seriously, mum, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to stop ringing me as well. It's, uh... It's terrible. What was the word? She's, she just texted me, ring me. And that, that's all it'll What's say. What's happened? And like, I ring up and I'm like, is everything okay? It's like, yeah, everything's fine. Just oh, my mum my, my messages me and says, can I have some money? So, you know, you're... Uh, I mean, both are on I'll trade. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to the letter. Yep. So, they got the letter and they went in and they had a... They, had a, they wanted to have a meeting with them. So, I go in and I'm like, oh, God, have I done something wrong? Have I, have I said something I shouldn't have? No, I didn't. It was just, it was just a vaguely inventive... It was like it was like medicine through the ages. So it was like a flip book that was like all pictures and images and yeah, all, yeah. all the information done condensed out. Was, um, and they brought them in. It was like, oh, we want we want Chris to um, redo his coursework. 
because while we like we like the style it's been done in, um, he can't reach highest grades the way it's presented. Okay. And my parents were like, "Oh, he's kind of he's kind of doing a lot of stuff at the minute, so I don't really want him doing. If he's already finished it, we don't want him to do it again." Yeah. But if it's going to make his grades suffer, like history is one of my good subjects, like maybe we should maybe we should um, try and fit it in. And God bless him to this day. My dad said to the teacher, "So what? So what would he get if he handed it in now?" And they said, "Oh, he'd only get an A." And my dad, <laughs> my dad went, "What the fuck do you mean he needs to reset in it? Are you fucking kidding me?" Because the year prior, yeah. I'd got an A in English. Yeah. We did English language all in one year. And they made me resit that because right. it wasn't an A star. And my parents weren't thrilled, but I I enjoy writing, so I'm like, okay, no, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So my score would have been reset another A. My dad just basically went, no, he's not redoing it. You'll accept that. And at that point, I think I understood that however good I did it academically yeah. was never going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And so all of my A levels were music, theatre, performance arts. I did English and maths because I enjoyed them. Yes. Like, I dropped everything I could to do with academics. Then I went and did drama at university because yeah. just that insight into you are just a number and you're not giving me enough numbers, so yeah. go and do the whole thing again was so frustrating. That's, that's in, a, in a way, it's like it's a strange thing. I, I learned that as well. There was something in, in school I learned of. I, you know you do your options in year nine where you yeah. get to choose a couple of subjects. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, I want to do DT, art, music. Mm-hmm. Those, I, I want, those right. are what I want to do. And they basically took me to a meeting and was like, you can't do these subjects. You can do art, we'll let you, we'll let you do art. But you can't do the other ones. And I was like, why? It's like, because it doesn't match the timetable. And I was like, well, all right, I'll drop music. I'll just do DT and art. And I was like, yeah, we're not letting you do that. And I was like, why? And it's like, we need you to do advanced maths and that'll take two periods. And I was like, but why do you want us to do advanced maths? We want you to do advanced maths because you can get a good grade in it. And it was this view that as a student in senior school, you are their number and mm-hmm. you, they are reflected on your performance within the academics. And I think that's something which a lot of people don't learn in school because they don't want to go do creative things. So they never have that barrier where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they're, they're not doing too well. And it's, it's kind of like they never get that realized. So they drag that into their, their, their later life and go, well, I always need to succeed. It takes time to work hard. Whereas I think a lot of creatives come to that barrier and go, oh, this sucks. So, yeah, basically, I'm just your pawn for this period. I, I had, exact, I, I had yeah. exactly that, to be fair. I wanted to do um, drama and dance. Yeah. And they just said, you can't do both of those. Yeah. Because we need you to do. We need you. You're, you're we need, capable of you getting this grade. You need to do a language. Yeah. I despise languages. Yeah. I'm not very good at them. Yeah. Like, I I got I did French GCSE and I got I think a C or a low B. Yeah. That was the worst grade of my entire GCSE. It makes it, it makes the whole table look awful because there's like three Bs and one C. And it's like yeah. what is this? There's like twelve A's here. Yeah. It could have been beautiful, but they made me do these stupid subjects. Yeah. Here's mandatory RE. Here's mandatory ICT. And what as soon as you, devil? as soon as you kind of abandon those academic subjects, you kind of you, you start to feel better. Yeah, you, know, I, you, you start to explore the things I you enjoy. Miserable in secondary yes. school. I like to make it heavy and like I suppose mild trigger warning to anyone who gets really upset about those things. I attempted suicide when I was really young because yeah. of all the academic pressure I was under. Yeah. The second I left secondary school and went to college and did all my performance subjects, I was still doing English and maths. I was yeah. still helping people with science, but because I wasn't expected to do reams of paperwork and coursework and helping people with their shit, yeah. like I improved massively. You alleviated that stress, yeah, and find you know. And ways, now, ways and now to... that I'm older, I reckon that genuinely the the reason I have all these problems, mm. the reason my allocation never cleared up, the reason 
I ended with psychiatrist for so long was just because schools didn't care and just yeah. went, oh, you're fairly sharp. Yeah. Do everything. Yeah. Oh, Chris, do you want to do? Do you want to do this course? Do you want to do that additional thing? Yeah. It's, oh. <laughs> it's the it's the tragedy school. I mean, but then you know you you kind of sat there and. It's, it's the same same lesson now. If, if, if you if you have something which is is dragging you down, you have to learn to let that go. Mm. Be more honest with yourself, and then that leads into everything else. Which is an odd way of saying you need to improve yourself. <laughs> which is what I do. Yes, especially as best like I, I think. I mean, just just to to bring us to an end point. I think I think we can we can clearly say that online dating is not for everyone. Mm. That's that's just the reality of it. And I think anyone who is struggling with online dating. I don't feel you should ever feel bad for stopping. You should definitely just go, this isn't for me. Not everyone does succeed on it. Step away from it, you know, and and just go, right, well, you know, I'll meet people the traditional way. You know, I'll talk to people. Go go join groups, join online, join online online chat rooms, anything really. Just get involved with things you enjoy and you'll run into people who have similar interests. And, and that's that's it's essentially all you can do as as people. But then I think there's, there's a, as we're saying with pressure, I think there's a huge pressure, especially people of our age group, to be in couples, because we are seen as the next generation of, of people to have babies, to continue society, yeah. the people who are controlling the vote. It's it's that kind of thing of we we have that pressure. And it's like well, once you let that go and realize that you can do it at any time. Mm. You know, there's, this, there's also this weird thing of we have to grow up as fast as possible. Our parents want us to be having kids now. Yeah. But we're in our twenties. Like my I, my dad would have been forty, would have been nearly forty when he had me. Yeah. Like I've got ages before I get to that point yet. Yeah. But it's the same with success. Like kids, I they? think it's, it, I find a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of artists and creatives, really torture themselves about not succeeding. Mm-hmm. And then you look at a lot of successful artists and you think they weren't successful till they were forty. You know. You know, because because well, so much art draws on life experience. Yes, yeah, a lot. It's all about experience, and it's all about what you're putting forward. Mm-hmm. And people find more significance with messages coming from people from who are older because they go, well, they've clearly lived it. They've clearly had that time. And it's why a lot of people are so wary of art from like 13 year olds and 16 year olds. It's like because you know there's so much angst behind it. You know there's so many problems, and they're growing and form mm-hmm. hormones and all this kind of stuff. So I think you, as you go on, it becomes more significant in a way and I think yeah it's, it's, you, you kind of roll into this you stop putting pressure on yourself don't worry go go do things you enjoy and honestly and people respond to that I think that's it that's the only, <laughs> only advice I can ever give it's mm. just I mean I'm a very relaxed person <laughs> I, I would say that's true I'm a very relaxed person and I know it's, it's bad advice to just go just relax because people hate to hear that it's like just let it go. It's like I know it's hard to do, but it's something which well, people like people like you are kind of tense all the time and constantly want to be in action. Yeah. It is hard advice to take, but you're right. You have to take it. You, you have kind to of spend. just have to. You, all you have to do is find a way to do it, mm. even if it's just like for a brief moment of giving yourself that moment of relax. Mm. You know, it, it takes so much edge off everything. It's the, like giving up coffee was hard. Not so much for the chemical imbalance, but because I use coffee as a daily relax. I make a cup of coffee I chill out I sit and I don't really do much whilst I do it I just sit and drink a cup of coffee mm. it takes me about 30 minutes and it's just a, a decompression it's like you, you just gotta find something some little bit especially if you can do that whilst you're out in public then you're relaxed in public mm. 
Don't that's masturbate publicly. Don't that's masturbate. the way you Ooh. relax. Please don't Ooh. masturbate publicly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't endorse that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'd, I'd say we don't. Yeah. No. Yes. Okay. Oh, I think I think that brings us to a nice end. Yeah. That's a fairly nice bit of advice to end on. Just relax. Glad you think so. Thank you for coming, Chris. That's all right. Glad sure. to we'll have you back at some point. I should hope so, so we can talk about something that doesn't make me quite so angry. I mean, you know. <laughs> that's what I like, though. I like bringing people here. and That's why I let people pick the subject. Oh, yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, so you pick the subject. I will talk about anything, because I, I will. Because the host, you have to. You know, I will. I'll talk about anything. And, yeah, I think that's, that's the way to do it. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been nice. And we'll talk to you guys later. See you. Not touching buttons, man. I don't know what anything does. <laughs> it's really hard to say.